Hey, Nathan. Yeah. I got mugged by a cobra once when I was walking through a park. All right. Wouldn't recognize it again, though. It was wearing a hood. Wow. Do you know any puns about snakes, Lucas? Uh, not really. I certainly don't. You know what's also funny? Take a wild guess. Which snakes are best at mathematics? Go ahead, Lucas. Adders. Uh, all right. Any other cheese ball jokes? <laughs> um, I once knew a snake trying to make it in the hip hop game. He said he was a reptile. <laughs> uh, so I, I have a great relationship with one of my snakes and I talk to it all the time. And, um, I, I got to find out who its favorite, um, Author was. Do you know who it is? No. William Snakespeare. All right. Let's Indubitably. Jump. <laughs> Indubitably. Let's jump into today's episode. Um, what's going on, everyone? Guys, thanks again for all of your support. Um, we're here on the 24th episode of the Retake Lounge. We have been posting an episode weekly for the last 25 weeks and uh it's been a lot of fun doing this for you guys so hopefully you guys are enjoying this today we have an episode that i don't think is going to take a bunch of time but you know how me and nathan can get but we are going to kind of do like a business 101 episode a lot of people uh ask questions about how to start up your own snake business should it be a, a llc and all this different things and then also just the ask like the realistic expectations of what it's like having an animal breeding business um so i think this is going to be a great one for you guys and again don't forget if you guys are listening to this for the first time go ahead and subscribe on youtube if you guys would like join us over on apple Podcasts and spotify don't forget to like subscribe and comment give your thoughts and feedbacks we've been loving that so far i personally love going through all the comments seeing what you guys have to say um nathan what else you got uh, you know, just make sure that you're supporting U.S. ARC, especially right now. We have a couple of alerts going on, the latest being New Mexico with a traveling, uh, let's see, animal ban, or is it just reptile ban? Um, so last time that I saw the notifications, it was like a, a animal, um, basically an animal. It seems like it's an animal ban, but more than likely they're going to be targeting exotic species. But it was more like targeted towards like the display of animals and, and bringing them anywhere. So anyone yeah. that's doing educational outreach is threatened by this. And it's just grounds for more legislation to keep coming in those states. So make sure that you're supporting U.S. ARC in numbers. Make sure you're a member today. And then also make sure that you're taking the steps necessary to fight all the legislation that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, and didn't mention this before, but again, if you guys want some back 
seed access into some of the stuff that me and Nathan are doing in our snake rooms um, and additional content and early access to our episodes on Wednesdays. Don't forget to join over on our Patreon. Uh, we have an awesome Discord channel that is extremely active. There's times where I'm working and I'll get off of work and I have like 170-something-odd messages unread. Um, and so it's a great community that's been very supportive. Um, you know, we'll, we'll probably get some people on here just to talk about that. It's it's It really is an awesome community. So if you guys are interested in that, starts at $5, goes all the way to $50 a month. Um, so join today. Yeah. Um, and we even have stuff like merch on the way. Uh, we have the first test prints here. Got a got a little retic lounge action going on, but we're getting all that dialed in and ready for our Patreon members as well. So. Take your shirt off. Just just show them the. No no no. no okay. Nipple Nathan is saved for Patreon only. <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Let's let's jump into this discussion. Um. And I kind of the first thing, if you're okay with it. Um, Nathan is, I want to talk about, uh, the difference between like a DBA and, uh, what, what I mean by DBA is like a sole proprietorship or a DBA doing Mm -hmm. business as, and then a LLC, right? Um, yeah. You look like you're getting ready. So I guess when, when I got mine started, I, I don't know who, who of us got, their their business started first um but it was me uh when i was doing my research it was kind of a mad dash before tax season to make sure that i had all my ducks in a row and in my quick dash of research um i decided to go with an llc over a sole proprietor um and i can't say that that was a too educated decision um my my cpa seems to be pretty happy with how i'm running things so i'm I'm gonna be happy with his happiness (laughs) yeah um and at the end of the day just first and foremost um we're we're not um accountants we're we're not uh cpas so um always i'm a hairdresser i'm the furthest thing from that lucas right Right. um (laughs) I have like a little bit of an understanding of this stuff, which is why I figured I would speak to you guys about it. Um, but before we even jump in to the differences of that, let's go ahead and speaking of businesses, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Whether you're just getting into retics or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stewart Design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows on Morph Market and all over socials. Sometimes it may feel impossible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Design helps small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brand for US Arcs, Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with retics. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. So, wondering if Stewart Design is right for you? Stewart Design can help if you're just getting started or you're ready to take things to the next level. Maybe you're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows. And maybe you don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd. 
you want to make your own way doing what you love. You might just have a big idea and know your business is special, but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake. Have a conversation with him. To learn more or get started, visit sdidentity.com or call them at 855-SD-LOGOS. Clear brand, own markets, steward design helps create them. So guys, don't forget to go and check out Stuart Designs at sdidentity.com. If you guys are really serious about getting into a business with these animals um, and you just want brand recognition and a mission to just back all the investments of your animals up, um, go ahead and go to sdidentity.com. Let Blake know that we sent you. Guys, as well, we want to thank our sponsor, VivTech. Visit VivTechProducts.com for all of your UV needs. These guys are the leaders in the industry for all of your reptile UV needs. Use our affiliate code for 15% off. That's Lounge 23 Again, visit VivTechProducts and use our affiliate code for 15% off. That's Lounge 23 Yeah. And I'm just going to say real quick with UV lighting, again, just because your snakes don't need it to be alive does not mean that your snakes are thriving. I, I, I'm quoting Ryan on that, and I can't um, agree more. So um, visit their website, get their products, let us know what you think about them. Um, also, excited future reference. We have a third um, sponsorship that's going to be joining us here soon that we're really excited to bring to you guys, so stay tuned for that information. But um, let's jump back into difference between a, uh, a sole proprietorship and an LLC, which are the two main ways to register your business. So let me start with the um, easiest one, which is a sole proprietor. So when you go the sole proprietor route, number one, it's not as expensive um, when you're registering your business. Um, But basically what that looks like um, is that you are doing your business under your name and then you're filing a DBA, which stands for a doing business as, and then your reptile breeder, uh, breeding, you know, uh, business name. And so the way that that is, is going to look when you do your taxes is it's basically going to be no different than how you're doing your taxes. Now you're just going to file for a schedule C this might like be very confusing for some of you listening, but like, if you go on TurboTax, you'll, 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 do a separate set. You'll say you have your own business. And because it is not an LLC, it's still tied in with your income, just like your other income from your job. And so um, now the other side of it, an LLC um, is a limited liability um, corporation, which is, did I even say that right? I'm pretty sure that's what an LLC is. I'm over here Googling. Limited liability company. Company. Okay. I said corporation, not corporation company. Um, I, I think it's, I'm, I'm 98 on this. You're I right. Know. I think you're right. Um, so when you get an LLC, what you're basically doing is you are separating your business from you. And what that does is it provides you with some liability so that let's say, let, let's talk about like medical practitioners, right? They file for an LLC because like if they are being sued for medical negligence if it's not done under an llc they can take away their house 
They could take away their car. They could take away whatever asset that they have if they don't have the money for the lawsuit that they're being sued for if they're found guilty. Um, so same thing with a snake breeding business, right? So an LLC, what it is, is it's separating you from your business and it's having your business as a completely separate identity from who you are. Um, so that's good for many reasons, right? It, it's a nice like little insurance thing. But one thing that I tend to like tell people is that um, we're breeding snakes here. And unless you're doing something super, super shady, which, you know, I, I don't see a lot of people like getting into this from the beginning, like I'm going to do really shady things. Therefore, I need to separate myself from my business. Um, I personally don't think it's something that is like an absolute necessity, right? Because let's say, let's say you have an unhappy customer with a thousand dollar snake and they're upset and they don't want to follow your policy and procedures, which again, business advice, business 101, have a policy and procedure set in place that talks about shipping, that talks about condition of animals, that talks about all the what ifs that can happen and how you're going to deal with them so that they're agreeing to that when they buy an animal. Um, but let's say they don't want to do that and they don't want to listen to that and they want to take you, uh, you know, they want to, they're threatening you with a civil lawsuit or all these different things. You got to realize it's over a thousand dollars. It's over a thousand dollar animal. Typically, if you end up going to court and you're found uh, not doing the right thing, you'll probably have to just pay the person back right? They're not going to take away your house. We're, we're not talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars and, and things that would take away your assets, like your home um, and your car. And so an LLC, in my opinion, is not necessarily uh, a must do in having a snake breeding business. I'm, I'm rambling here. So Nathan, do you have like any comments I, I think about it depends that? on on how big your company is. Um, right. I think in my case, a sole proprietor would be just as helpful, seeing as I'm only looking at producing my second, maybe third clutch ever this season. So, right. uh, but the LLC can help in, in certain ways in, in terms of write-offs. I know like me purchasing my truck, having an LLC, I'm able to write off a little bit more of the truck under an LLC than I am a sole proprietorship. Yeah, so I can write off that kind of stuff too as a sole proprietor. And all, all it does is it's the same thing with an LLC in the sense of like, um, whatever amount of time, you just have to have a realistic amount of time and percentage that you're using it for business versus personal. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. then that, that's what you're writing off as the expense. So even as a sole proprietor, for me, I write off part of my mortgage, right? Because oh, yeah. four, 450... If, if you're renting, yeah. you, you need to be uh, writing off the square footage of whatever space your snakes are taking up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Your electricity bill, portions of that and you know there's even websites you can go to that'll break up like you can find out the wattages and the output that you're doing with your heating units and all that stuff to see how much of it is going into it you can write off your cell phone you can write off your internet um, because you're using your wi-fi at your home to conduct your business um, bunch of things that you can write off on on either the sole proprietor or the llc but um i, I want to give a little insight into what i did um so i knew that I was going to be at a business loss when I was doing my taxes for the first few years because I was planning on investing 
all the money that I would have made back into my business. And so I went off with a sole proprietor. And the reason why is because when I'm doing my normal taxes, like that my, my, my spouse and I do at the end of the year, we typically owe money. And so I was like, well, if I do a sole proprietor and I include it with all of our other income, I'm going to be spending a lot of money in these investments. And therefore, we no longer will owe money to the government. They will owe us money. And it's worked out well for us over the last two, three years that I've done taxes. But now that I am making more money with more clutches and I'm actually going to start consigning other people's clutches and bringing them into my collection, I now have other people's animals that I am going to be selling, which now can become a legal or liability type of thing if people are sending me big clutches that are worth a lot of money that belong to other people that I am selling, right? So you definitely don't want to, I don't recommend doing this with someone you don't know, right? And number two, if you're going to do this, make sure you guys have a solid plan set in place, but having an LLC for that matter in case they're pissed off and they want to sue you for the amount that the entire clutch is worth, whatever the case may be, having an LLC to separate yourself from your business is the best way to protect yourself. Does that, uh, did that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think in my case, even just with having neighbors who have been concerned, I think those neighbors, uh, you know, this is just purely suspicion have passed on. Um, but, uh, I had neighbors who have complained about my animals. So I've had animal control in the state coming over to check on you know, what I'm doing here, making sure I'm legit, you know, it it separates myself from my business a little bit. They're not my animals or legitimacy when they come in. They're not my animals (laughs) or cats, reptiles, animals. And I'm just the manager. (laughs) I'm just the boss. I'm just the boss. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, guys, if if you want, reach out to me or to Nathan, uh, if Nathan's comfortable talking about this, I can go in a lot more detail about the differences of, the, of these two, but, but I hope I gave you guys a, I, I think Lucas might be a little bit more versed than I am, but I'd be happy to share my experiences. I think, um, in my case where I'm, uh, you know, working three to four jobs, uh, a CPA is big for me. Yeah. Um, I'm no longer comfortable with just going the TurboTax route. I I need someone to make sure I'm I'm doing things properly, you know, getting the write-offs and all the stuff I deserve at the end of the day. So, yeah, um, if you have a lot going going on and you're a little overwhelmed by it, just let a CPA do it. Pay him a couple hundred bucks, and you know, in the, the last couple of years, I've been able to get a nice little return. Yeah. Speaking of return, let's just kind of talk on this subject, like. I don't think a lot of people understand what, like the amount of stuff that you can write off. Um, If you are going to a show and you're networking, you're not even vending at the show, but you're networking that entire trip, every meal, all of your gas, your flight, um, your, 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 I mean, things that you buy there. Um, your U.S. ARC auction. Yeah, your U.S. ARC <laughs> Sorry, auction. Sorry, like, it sounds awful, but like but no, tr- it's so all true. the money that I just spent in Tinley, I guarantee you I am writing off with my CPA yeah. this year. So keep receipts or take pictures of them. There's apps out there that you could just take a picture and it stores them. Um, keep it like my best advice to you guys that are new is don't get lazy on that part because you would be so 
surprised the first year i did it i was lazy and i just went to amazon and like my paypal and like i just i went back and just saw my purchases but once i actually stayed on top and i have an excel spreadsheet i was missing out on thousands and thousands of dollars of things that i was not even considering um so don't get i mean don't let the government take more money than they should get that money back um you know pay your taxes obviously do your part as a citizen and good productive member of society but um you know one thing that i've heard a lot of very big entrepreneurs that are super duper rich um that they talk about is is wealth comes from debt and i know that sounds kind of crazy uh, and, and this is actually a great segue into what i just wanted to bring up was lucas i'm sure you can talk about this as much as i can in in the first couple of years like yeah you have probably twice maybe triple the collection i have especially with the animals you're consigning but in those few years or that you've been you know active as a business you haven't made money you've uh, actively lost money investing into your animals and investing into infrastructure and investing into these networking trips there's no way that you've made money at this point um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been able to, um, I've been able to buy myself nice things, my wife, nice things. Like I've been able to do those kind of things, but yeah, I mean, the business is still at a loss. Um, yeah. you know, and, and in my opinion, if you ask a lot of business people that are successful, the way that you run a successful business is to be at a loss so that the government's paying you back, but there is still a way to have investments and to have money and cash flow coming in. But yeah, no, I mean, just realistically speaking, those of you that are getting into breeding um, and that want to make this a business, um, one plus one does not equal two when it comes to having an animal breeding business. And what I mean by that is Nathan's all confused. Um, what no, I mean... no, I was agreeing with you. Oh, I'm okay. Like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what I mean by that is like you buy two snakes and now you put those snakes together and you have babies and you get to sell these babies for thousands of dollars it, it it's not that simple um i really wish you it spent was money in an incubator a hatchling rack you've spent money into all of your shipping supplies you've spent money feeding the animals until you've got them sold the, the list goes on yeah the expenses that i was not really expecting blindsided me um and expenses will pile up um just feeding bills um and things like that but also when you're working with animals, animals are always going to do whatever the hell they want to do. This isn't like running a, a restaurant or running a business where there's like a, a constant revenue stream. This is something where you're dependent on your animal saying, okay, I want to breed this year. Or your animal saying, screw you, <laughs> I'm taking the year off. Um, and so you know, there's going to be those times, like if you're, if you're new at this and you're depending on your animal to breed, um, in order to stay afloat, um, for your first few years, I think it's, you're, you're, you might be very, very disappointed. You might get lucky like I did. You might get lucky like Nathan did on his first year and you might hit it and it works out great. But then the next year could be a complete bust and dud. Um, the third year can be a bust and dud. And then now on your fourth year, you're finally getting eggs and selling babies. And, and so it's never a guaranteed thing with animals. Um, 
because animals will do their own thing. And, and don't forget, animals die. Like that, that's just the reality of, of what we're in. And I'm not, you know, suddenly they can health issues. They can vet bills. Like if you don't want to take your snake to a vet, again, a business write-off, right? You should be okay with that. But if you don't and you try to do things on your own and then your snake gets worse and it doesn't breed and it dies, now your investment's gone. Um, so breeding animals is not something that's like, okay, I bought one snake, I bought a male and a female, and oh, if I put them together, the babies are worth $5,000. And so the snake's going to lay 20 eggs. And so 20 times five is $100,000. And so I'm going to make $100,000 my first year of breeding. It's like, slow, slow your roll, please. Like it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Um, you know, on paper it does, but real world application, I have found that it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, what, what does Garrett call them? Calculator warriors. Right. Just punching numbers and <laughs> right. Punching numbers and just like, Oh, I can make this amount because let's say you are lucky. And let's say every female that you ever have always breeds from you every year forever. You, number one, awesome for you. Number two, you're now new in doing this. And if the first clutch you produce is producing $7,000 snakes, do you have a market of 20 people to buy $7,000 snakes? I don't think I do right now. And I've, and I, I feel like my name's out there a little bit. Um, and so that's another thing. Like when you have all these animals that are super expensive, where are you going to move them to? Or are you going to sell them in desperation and crash the market? Right? So plan to hold animals back for a year, year and a half if you're working with the high market stuff, because not every day someone is going to be like, Hey, I want that $10,000 animal, right? Those aren't easy snakes to sell. Yeah. Plan on investing in feeders and making sure that you have caging to support at, at least your clutch until a year down the road. Cause you're not guaranteed that those animals are just going to be sold in a month. Yeah. So much goes into this. I mean, timing of, of when people are buying animals, you see a lot of animals being sold around tax season. That's right. great for some people who are hatching their animals around, around tax season, but the breeders that have had animals on hand for a, a few months, you know, they've been feeding those animals for a few months. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you know, another just thing that popped into my mind as Nathan was saying that is, you know, being prepared to have to hang on to animals means you need to prepare to, um, you know, don't be that guy that um, or or don't be that woman that, you know, you can't move snakes. So you're going to feed your babies seldomly to keep them small because you don't have the infrastructure to have a bigger rack or to have cages for them to, you know, expand and grow up in. Um you know, that's maybe my biggest pet peeve I've seen in the retic community community is just, hey, uh, who who wants to trade animals for feeders? Right. You should you should have a plan for how you are going to have food for your animals, not having to rely on shipping an animal out to somehow get feeders. Yeah. There's very few people producing high quantities of feeders that are looking for a, a reticulated python. Right. Um, 
it's it's literally I, I see it all the time of like um you know hey i i you know i'm looking for african softwares or rats or pigs or rabbits i have snakes to trade um and so you know it, it's one thing you know once you start producing snakes a lot of people like to trade snakes for other snakes because if i'm producing nice stuff why do i need to spend money and that that's one thing but um if you can't feed your collection because you're not selling animals and then you need to trade them um you know, something that I did my first year that I actually got to sell a clutch was I put $3,000 aside um, just for food expenses, and I surpassed that amount. And so now this year, I'm going to be setting aside double that, 6000 as a cushion just to be safe. So we're talking about $6,000 that, that I need to be prepared for just food alone, right? So like the first however many snakes it takes me i'm putting away and that's my food for the year that's my food money because at the end of the day my snakes lives are more important than me making a dollar um and so i want to make sure that they're fed in their house well yeah i wish i had my spreadsheet um i'll, I'll try to look through uh for it through this episode but uh, i had a spreadsheet of my first year of taxes when i went through my first year of breeding and uh when i when i added up my feeders it blew me away how much i spent just through the one year yeah yeah and i only have a at that time i only had a collection of five animals yeah what once i'm done with my taxes for 2022 um for those of you that are on patreon i plan to share that spreadsheet to show all of my expenses for that year for food for electricity <clears throat> for overhead costs for me redoing the garage like i want to be very transparent with those of you that are, are supporting us in our patreon of like what it takes if you want to build expand get more animals to invest in have to feed all of them have to get caging for all of them i got i want you guys to really see like oh that's you know that's not a little bit of money this is a lot a lot can go into it so um yeah there's there's that whole aspect of kind of business 101 in the sense of just be very realistic and seek seek others opinions on regards to what it actually takes to operate and run a animal breeding business yeah it's 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 a lot more than than people really really think about and it comes down to the same thing do you want to keep a reticulated python all right well your heart better be fully in it or other or else like you're gonna be getting rid of that animal at some point mm -hmm. same thing with do i want to start breeding reticulated pythons you're, you better be in it 110 percent because right you're putting all of yourself into that business at that point mm -hmm. and um, and don't get me wrong. I think everyone's hearts and like, you know, I, I think a lot of people's hearts and intentions are to do really well. Um, and so, you know, again, another business aspect that you just need to be prepared for is just to separate yourself from the rest of the people that are also doing this, you know, keep in mind, specifically talking about the Superdorf community, um, hundreds of people have gotten into this, um, and are starting to get into this just over the last couple of years. So, um, as we mentioned before, with our sponsorship, um, Stuart Design, um, you know, and we'll drop that link in the description for you guys to go back and watch. But 
branding is huge. Separating yourself is huge. And so if you're going to be a business, you need to be networking and communicating. You need to have your name out there. You need to have people who can talk to you, see your face and trust you so that they're buying your animals. Um, you know, I think the biggest mistake that people can make is like they put all this money into it and then they stay silent on the sidelines because they're either nervous or anxious because they're new on like the Facebook groups or on Instagram and those kind of things. I'm even that- a little guilty of that. I'm not super social as far as coming to the keyboard and, and chatting it out all day, but you know, it's steps like these and putting myself out there uh, in a public view that's able to see like what I'm doing and how I'm trying to, you know, keep these snakes a little bit differently or how small I'm trying to keep my bloodlines, what have you. Yeah. So you got to do at least something to show people what you're about. Exactly. Um, have a mission, have, have a purpose, do something different. Don't buy the same animals. Everyone is breeding and expect for them, for people to buy from you and not from all the others really separate yourself. And, and again, I really believe in getting yourself out there, going to shows, being active on Facebook groups, being active on Instagram, let people know who you are and not just like, don't be snobby and don't just be like, I'm blah, blah, blah exotics. And that's all that you're about. But like, just let them know who you are. Like be, be cool. Like just be yourself and just talk to people. And, um, I when, laugh because I'm, I am blah, blah, blah exotics at this point. Uh, I mean, <laughs> one big goal for me, if I have any success this season and I can reinvest into my business a little bit more is to rebrand myself a little bit. Uh, but no, I mean, it's, it's huge to go out there and network with other people. Uh, I think the one tip I have there is really just stay true to yourself and you'll see the people that, I kind of vibe with you and you know, your vibe is your tribe. So just go with the people you flow with. If you find someone that's big in the industry that you're not really vibing with, don't really sweat it, but just keep doing your thing and just trust the process a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're not vibing with someone again, I think another good point to make in terms of, of being new and starting this breeding business, um, don't make enemies like intentionally. If people disagree with you or you disagree with them, uh, love conquers evil, you know, when it comes to people respecting you and what you do and just, just be kind at all times. Even if people are being a, a, a jerk, um, do your best. Yeah, to I mean, do in that. this industry, it's, it's super cutthroat. Like <clears throat> I think I've mentioned before I'm in the hair industry and I'm in the reptile industry. The hair industry, I feel like there's more snakes than in the reptile industry. I've seen just more just bad shit happening there. Um, but, you know, I see it in the reptile industry, too. But ultimately, the people that I look up to and respect are the people that aren't putting others down, are just putting positive messages out there, just trying to educate others and lift each other up. Yeah. So, you know, they're there's going to be big names that, you know, you're going to see do things that, you know, don't align with you. That's fine. You don't have to align with them. Just keep doing your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And and keep putting, yeah, keep putting positive stuff out there and, you know, ultimately positive stuff can only come back. Yeah. 
Speaking of positivity, again, just as a reminder, if you want to join a positive community, if you're a new keeper planning to get your first retake, or if you want to be a part of giving back to new keepers, join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the retake lounge. Nathan, do you have anything else that you want to talk about in terms of business 101? No, I I mean, uh, I think... The only thing I could really sum up with is, you know, just uh, do the best you can by these animals. Uh, that includes just when it comes to people kicking tires, asking questions, just make sure that you're answering those questions. You don't know that even though if you don't make that sale, that this might be someone that's truly interested in this species that may become, uh, you know, just as passionate as yourself. So, make sure that you're answering those questions, make sure you're stoking those fires for other people and just, you know, yeah. Keep the love for the animals going. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. The, the tire kickers could be future buyers. And if you refer them out to other people, those people will hear about it. They'll say, thank you. Then you'll network and have a strong relationship with other breeders in the community. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's not just, you know, uh, in the retail community, it can seem very cutthroat. Like Nathan said, in the sense of like, I have to be the one that's successful and no one else is allowed to. At least that's the vibe I get from some people, but that's not true. Um, You know, there's plenty of buyers out there. There's plenty of people out there. If other people are successful in a moment that you're not, that's okay. That's still one person who got a new retic who is probably going to buy more than one. (laughs) So um, yeah, on that note, um, again, thank you guys so much for listening to this uh, short episode, but hopefully full of information for you guys. Um, if you're listening at night, have a good night, uh, any other time during the day, again, just thank you guys so much for the support so far. You guys have a good one.